Hi, CA students in 678. I'm so glad you decided to join us for some CA students online. My name's Levi. I'm one of the pastors here, and I can't wait to get into God's Word together with you. We've been in an awesome series called Jesus Formed. And the big idea of this series is that following Jesus is not just all about believing all the right things. It's about being formed by Jesus to look like Jesus. Our theme verse comes from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, and it says, we are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. You see, the story of the Bible is that we've all been broken by sin, deserving and delivering death everywhere that we go. But we can be saved by Jesus. Praise the Lord. We can be changing what we deserve by his grace and changing what we deliver by his loving power. And so far, some of the pieces we've talked about being Jesus formed include being a person whose identity is shaped by the Father, being a person who's dedicated to prayer, being a person who is submitted to Jesus's will and Jesus's way. And as we get into uh, what we're talking about tonight, uh, I just wonder, are there any athletes watching this, uh, this service right now? I, I was an athlete when I was in high school and college, uh, and, and I love that kind of term, student-athlete, student-athlete. I was a student-athlete for, like I said, college and um, in high school, but it makes me wonder, so, and maybe you've had a similar crisis as well if you're a student-athlete. Sometimes you can wonder, like, well, what am I? Am I a student or am I an athlete, right? I think of a zebra. Am I black with white stripes or am I white with black stripes? That one actually can be answered. They're white with black stripes. But for a student athlete, you, and if you know people who are student athletes, you know some people that lean more towards one or the other. And in my experience as a student athlete, I discovered that people were generally either more student or athlete, right? And what's really funny is I played uh, football and I ran track. And using very broad strokes, this is definitely not a rule. This is a generalization. But I discovered that people that did track while athletic were generally very good students, right? And I discovered that people that played football uh, while very excellent athletes were better athletes than students. <laughs> and uh, Please don't be upset with me if you play football. I played football too, and I was a good student. Uh, but and, and I had went through this process of like, well, which one is my higher priority, right? And I probably came out on the side of, well, being a student is actually a higher priority priority to me than being an athlete. And the reality is that we all wear all sorts of different hats in life, right? Whether it's student, athlete, maybe it's musician, artist gamer, son, daughter, brother, sister, friend, or any other identity that you find yourself in, we all experience wearing a lot of different hats in life. Uh, but in the same way as students and athletes, we, we prioritize some over another. And we prioritize them by giving them more of our time, giving them more of our energy, more of our resources. Oh, and then we add in, oh, and I'm a Christian, right? It's just another facet of who I am. But, but here's, 
here's why this matters. Here's why we're going to talk about what we're talking about tonight. The way that you order your identity is the way that you order your life. The way that you order your identity is the way that you order your life. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And in this specific instance, Jesus is talking about God and money. But I think if we're being honest, we can fill in the blank with all sorts of other things. God and sports. God and the play, the musical. God and the band. God and being a gamer, spending time playing with my friends. We can fill in all sorts of things with what we think is the most core aspect of who we are, our highest priority in life. But what we're talking about tonight is that Jesus isn't interested in just being a fraction of your life. He's interested in being the foundation of your life. And so this is something that I'm continuing to grow in my whole life. And I think it's something that God wants all of us to grow in together as a CA students and 678 family. So I'm going to pray and I just want to invite you to pray with me that God would speak to us through his word tonight and that by his grace and power that he would form us to look more and more like him. So Lord Jesus, thank you for being so good. Thank you that you want all of our life, not because you're greedy, but because you're generous. And you want us to give, you want to give us a better life than we could ever imagine. But we can only receive it if we give up what we're holding. So Jesus, I, I do that right now. And collectively, we as the CA students in Sixth and Eight family, we come before you and your word tonight. Would you speak to us? Would you guide us? Would you lovingly transform us to look more and more like Jesus? We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. So the main point that we're talking about tonight is being Jesus-formed means being kingdom first. Or the Jesus-formed life is the kingdom-first life. The Jesus-formed life is the kingdom-first life. The reality is that everyone decides what is most important to them. And the way you order your identity is the way that you order your life. You see, one time Jesus was teaching these people, and specifically he was teaching them not to worry about having enough in life. And he's, Jesus says that, like, look, God cares and provides for the birds. God cares and provides for the flowers. And God cares so much more about you. Of course he'll take care of you. This is what he says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 31 through 34. Jesus says, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father, he knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, because tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Jesus, God knows what we need in life, and he says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What is the kingdom of God? Well, when a king or a queen rules, both their character and their laws form their people. The the king's way of doing things defines what their kingdom is like. And it's the same with the kingdom of God. It's God's rule, his reign. It's God's way of doing things. 
And believe it or not, through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, Jesus revealed what the kingdom of God looked like, and he made it accessible for us to live in. In other words, Jesus made a way for us to live God's way. Jesus made a way for us to live God's way. And saying yes to the kingdom of God, it always leads to the best. It always leads to good. Remember, everything that's wrong in the world has originated from the human heart. You know, the systemic injustice in our world started with selfishness in the human heart. Racism, sexism, and all other isms, nationalism, they started with pride in the human heart. And though sin has become entrenched in systemic ways, it all originates from sin in the human heart. And that is exactly what Jesus came to renew. You see, a new category of good has been opened up to human existence. The kingdom of God, God's rule, his reign, God's way of doing things has been made available to humans. Jesus has opened up a way to live God's way. With the coming of the kingdom of God, good has been redefined. It's no longer just survival, just getting through life. It's something more. You see, through the transforming, powerful love of Jesus, selfishness can be transformed into self-giving love. Pride can be transformed into humble love. Saying yes to the kingdom of God always leads to the best because it's allowing Jesus to recreate my heart. And instead of sin spreading death, now God's way of doing things can spread life from my heart. When Jesus recreates my heart, he's at work to recreate the world around me. But if we're being honest, the kingdom of God isn't always our go-to priority, right? You see, there are bad things in life that deceive me that I give my life to. There are neutral things in my life that distract me that I give my time to. And there are even a lot of good things in life that divide me that I give my time to. You see, there's, there's another story. There was this really wealthy young guy that was a ruler, and he asked Jesus what he needs to do to be saved. And Jesus tells him to obey the commandments, and he says he has. So Jesus says, there's just one more thing you need to do. You need to sell everything you have and come and follow me. And this guy was really rich. And so he walks away from Jesus sad. And, and Jesus' disciples are quick to point out, they're like, Jesus, we left everything to follow you. What's in it for us? What's in it for us? And Mark chapter 10, verse 29 through 30, this is what Jesus says. Truly I tell you, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel, no one will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields, along with persecutions, and in the age to come, eternal life. You see, what Jesus is saying is when you seek the kingdom, what you should expect, when you seek the kingdom first, what you should expect is it's sacrifice because you're putting down other things to take up the kingdom. 
Then Jesus says you should also expect persecution, that people will see things differently than you. They'll, they'll misunderstand you, and they'll treat you badly because you love Jesus. So we should expect sacrifice, we should expect persecution, and we should expect 100-fold gain. Jesus says that no one who has given up these things will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age and in the age to come, eternal life. Living the kingdom first life always involves sacrifice, persecution, and 100-fold gain. So let's take a second and, and make this personal. What are some things in your life that take priority over the kingdom of God? Maybe I, I come to CA students or 678 and I participate unless the Dodger game is on or I have practice or I have rehearsal, right? I spend time in prayer and scripture after I go through my texts and my Instagram and if there's time left. You know, I don't gossip about others. I just share really clear prayer requests about people that have done wrong. Yeah, I submit to Jesus unless it doesn't feel right to me. Remember, our hearts don't need to just be mostly renewed or restored. We need to be completely saved and completely restored by Jesus. And that's why Jesus invites us to seek his kingdom first with all of our lives. He wants to completely save us. Remember, Jesus isn't greedy He's asking for all of our lives, not because he needs something from you. He's God. He doesn't need anything from you. God doesn't ask for all of your life because he's greedy. He asks for all of your life because he's generous. God sees that the life you're living without him is not everything that he wants to give you. He wants to give you better. And so he asks for you to give up what's in your hand so he can put something better into your hand. He wants you to release it completely so he can save you completely, so he can give you completely something better. God's not greedy. God is mind-blowingly generous. It's his defining quality. He's generous in all, his, all he does, in his love, in his mercy, in his grace. And so here's how I think it's most helpful to think about how to live a kingdom-first life, a Jesus-formed life. I think a lot of us view kind of like a life priority system as a list, right? I, I know at one point in my life, and perhaps many of you think like, you know, God first, then family, then friends, then school, then sports, right? Or something like that, right? You sort of have like this list of priorities. And, and, and I, I understand the good intentions behind this, right? Like God's number one. God's number one in my life. But while this has noble intentions, here's why I think this is dangerous. I think it turns the God part of your life into something you can cross off and move on with your day. Like first, I have my quiet time with God, and then I go to school as a student. I do my sports as an athlete and so on, right? And while you have a God part of your life, and it comes first sequentially, the rest of your life isn't too affected by it. But remember, Jesus isn't interested in just being a fraction of your life. He's interested in being the foundation of your life because he wants to give you a brand new life. And so instead of viewing your life priority system as a list, I want to encourage you to view it like the solar system. Yes, 
I just said I want you to view your life like the solar system, right? And, and here's how I want you to think about it. There are lots of aspects of your life, and that's not a bad thing. It's, it's good and fine to be a student and an athlete and a musician and a gamer and all these other things, right? I want you to picture all those parts of your life as planets. And I want you to picture Jesus as the son of God, right? <laughs> I want you to picture Jesus as the son. And, and, and here's why I think this is helpful. Because instead of just thinking like, oh, God first, and then, okay, now the next part of my day. No, as I'm a student, what am I doing? I'm orbiting my life around Jesus. And then when I'm an athlete, what am I doing? I'm orbiting my life around Jesus. When I'm interacting with my family as a son or sister uh, or <laughs> daughter or brother, that's the list, right? As I'm, as I'm living those out, I'm doing that as a follower of Jesus. How does this part of my life look as a Jesus follower? And what this does is now you don't just have a God part of your life. God is your life, and he informs how you live each part. And see, students, as we do that, as we allow being a follower of Jesus to change the way we live and process every other identity that we have, what we can expect in every area of life is sacrifice, you have to put some things down to take up the life Jesus is calling you to. You can expect persecution. People will misunderstand you and treat you badly sometimes. And you can expect 100-fold gain. You can expect a better life than you could have ever gotten to by yourself. And I think the reason some of us don't choose this, that some of us shy away from this, is fear. It's asking the question, can I really trust God that the kingdom life is the best life possible. And to be honest, if you want the short answer, if you want a life without persecution or without sacrifice, it's not the best life possible. But you also will live life without the unending personal presence of God radically transforming your everyday life. We can ask, is, it is the kingdom first life, is it really going to be as secure as I could get by prioritizing school and getting a good job? Is the kingdom first life really going to be as satisfying as I could get just by living my own way and doing what comes naturally to me? And see, students, six, seven, eight. In my experience, though I've done this imperfectly, my answer is a resounding yes. Every time. I give my life completely to God. He blows my mind with how good he is. And yes, it comes with hard times. Yes, it comes with persecution. It comes with sacrifice. But it comes with 100-fold gain. What an incredible promise from our God. I mean, he came back from the dead. There's nothing left that he might not be able to do. Of course he's able to bring the life that is best for us. And also, just on a super logical note, if you're going to trust him with your eternal life, I think it's really reasonable to trust him with your temporary life as well. And so how do we apply this to our lives? There are two steps that I want us to think through and pray through. Two steps. First of all, if the Jesus-formed life is the kingdom-first life, 
seeing Jesus as the sun around which the rest of our life orbits, the first thing we need to do is we need to repent from the bad. We need to repent from the bad. Repent is this word that it really means turn around. You were walking one way towards one thing, and then you turn around and do something different. And I think if we're being honest, that if we put, if we seek the kingdom first, then there are some things that we need to turn away from, right? Whether it's uh, bad or unhealthy habits with media consumption. Maybe you're listening to music, watching shows or movies that contain a lot of content that is turning you, shaping you into something other than Jesus, then that needs to go. And, and it's not because God wants you to have a miserable life. It's because he wants you to have a better life. <laughs> and he's the one who knows the route to that. So is there something in your life, a habit or uh, an activity or perhaps even people that you need to repent from? You need to repent from the bad. And the second thing that we need to do if we're going to put the kingdom first in our lives, after we repent from the bad, we need to reorder the good. We need to reorder the good. I would hate for us to, you know, sign off tonight and think like, oh, Levi thinks that everyone needs to quit school, quit sports, quit music, quit video games and everything else. That's not what I'm saying. What, I think school is a really good thing. I did a lot of school, and I did it very well, right? I think sports are a very good thing. I love sports. I think video games are a lot of fun, and in moderation, they can be a really good thing. I think music is incredible. It's a, I think these things are good, but I think they're not God. And six, seven, eight, and CA students, some of us need to reorder the priorities in our life. If we're really going to live a kingdom-first life, then we need to put these other things in their rightful place in their life so they don't come before what God is calling us to. And just a really easy litmus test is like, are you spending time with God every day in the scripture and in prayer? If you're not doing that, something needs to be reordered in your life. Are you regularly meeting with the people of God? Remember, we do that in the big room. That looks like six, seven, eight, and CA students or CA students online. And we do that in the small room, which is life group, a, a, a place where we can hear each other, pray for each other, and f- follow Jesus together. Are you meeting with the people of God in the big room, in the small room? If that's a no for you, some things need to be reordered in your life. So following Jesus, putting, living a kingdom first life, we need to repent from the bad and we need to reorder the good in our life so that we are giving our first, our best, our everything to the God, to God so that every part of our life is viewed through the lens of how would I live this as a Jesus follower? The Jesus formed life is the kingdom first life. God isn't trying to get you to give him, her, you, give him your whole life because he's greedy. He's trying to get you to give him your whole life because he's generous. And he wants to give you a life better than you could ever get on your own. 678C students, if we did this, we would be the freest, happiest, most generous people in the world. 
We would, yes, we would experience sacrifice and persecution, but we would also experience 100-fold gain, and we would be overflowing with that goodness to the people around us. The world around us would see living pictures of what life with God is look like, looks like. So CA students in 6, 7, 8, I just want to ask you, I'm not doing this perfectly, but I'm doing this as best I can, and I'm growing. Would you grow with me in this? in living the kingdom first life. Let's do that together. Let me pray for us one more time. Jesus, we need you to be able to do this. This is not something I or we are able to do on my own. So God, I pray that with your transforming power that you would change my desires, that you would help me to change my priorities, give me the power to change my habits so that I can live the kingdom first life, Lord Jesus. Would you help us to do that together as a people, as a family, as 6, 7, 8, and CA students, that we would love you and follow you with all of our hearts and all of our lives. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen.